Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Father. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, for blessing us, oh God. Thank you, Lord. I thank the Lord. Oh, we bless your holy name. Lord, we thank you for worship. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for keeping us, oh God. And right now, dear God, we praise your holy name and lift your name on high because you are an awesome God. We thank you, God, that we are still alive. The enemy has attempted to destroy us, oh God, but you have maintained us, sustained us, and we bless your holy name. We thank you, God, that you've taken us through the storms of life, and here we are, ready to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray, dear God, for preaching power. We pray, dear God, that your word will be clear. We pray, dear God, that someone will be healed and someone will accept you as Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We ask all of these blessings and a fresh anointing from you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the church said, amen. 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 Let the church say, amen. Oh, come on. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. When the church gets excited, things happen. When the church gets excited, demons leave. When the church begins to pray, the enemy leaves us alone. When the perches and praying souls are saved. When the church is in prayer, darkness turns to light. When the church is in prayer, lives are saved. Oh, I wish I had some help. Oh, we just need to learn how to praise the Lord. If we would just praise the Lord, our conditions would change instantly. So I praise him in the morning. Praise him in the afternoon. Praise him in the midnight hour. Praise him when I don't feel like it. Praise him when I've been betrayed. Oh, Lord, we bless your holy name. Oh, there's nobody like the Lord. Nobody like the Lord. Oh, there's liberation in praising the Lord. Freedom in praising the Lord. We praise the Lord for worship. I don't know about you, but I cannot live without worship. I don't know about you, but I cannot live without worship. I need to be revitalized every chance I get. 
And I pray for those today who feel that they can live without worship. I pray for those today who believe that they can make it without Jesus. I pray for those today who refuse to believe that God sent his only begotten son as a sacrifice for us. We thank God for our music ministry. We thank God for our guests. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. They say that music sets the atmosphere, Bishop. So if the praise is not right, the preaching won't be right either. So we praise the Lord for the anointing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank God for being here every time I come here. God is, God is not in every sanctuary. God does not live in every sanctuary. But I know that God lives at 1528 Davis Drive. And I praise his holy name. You know why I know? Because I have seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And I know that it was nothing but God. Nothing but God's favor on this house. So I praise your holy name. Jesus finds himself in a very unique position. He is moving forward with his ministry, and Minister Deborah, he's going to end up at Calvary. And as he's talking to the disciples, he discovers that they are not as committed as he thought they were. If the truth be told, the church hasn't changed at all. Is that there are some of us who show up, but we're not willing to do the hard work to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus was saying that I know who's among me. I know who's going to deceive me. And I know that I got to move on with my father's business. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and why would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Will you absorb that just for a minute? Jesus said that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. And from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. They turned back because a life of sin was easier than a life of righteousness. They turned back because it was easier to stay as you are than ask God for transformation so that you could be more like Jesus. They turned away because they did not want to accept the rules and regulations that Jesus had shared to them. They turned back because they were selfish and they wanted to pursue their own dreams and their own agendas. They turned back because they realized that ultimately we all have to pay the ultimate sacrifice. They turned back because Jesus was too committed to his assignment to Almighty God. And what we learned today that the church today is in the same situation because we have people who come, but once they understand what's required and the Lord's standard, they turn back and say that it's easier for me to continue to be an alcoholic than trust God to raise me up. It's easier for me to be a sinner 
in Wake County, then put my heart at the altar and ask God to raise me up. It's easier for me to commit adultery and not do the right thing rather than asking God to clear me of evil spirits. It's easy to blame others for our conditions, but what Jesus is teaching us, that you are accountable for your life and what you do. And what Jesus is saying, at some point, you got to be accountable. Either you're going to do it now or you're going to do it later. I have had people come and they join the church. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. They say everything that they're supposed to say, but when it's time to produce results, you don't know where they are. When it's time for them to do the work of our Lord, they have a better offer someplace else. And they have a better offer where they can sit and hear only a part of the truth because every church does not preach the real truth. Some people only tell half of the story. Some people dress it up and make it feel good, but being a disciple is not a feel-good experience. Do being a disciple is taking on the weight of the assignment just as our Savior did. So it's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to understand that the world needs to see some real disciples who love Jesus Christ. I might be bleeding now, but the Lord will deliver me. I might be crying now, but the Lord will deliver me. I might be in trouble, but the Lord will deliver me. Simon Peter, I love Simon Peter. He's a part of my family, dysfunctional, always out of order, always saying things he shouldn't say. But what I love about Jesus is that Jesus takes the time to even answer idiots. That Jesus takes the time to even lift up those who are not worthy to be lifted up. Jesus takes the time to save the unsavable. You ought to say amen. Jesus takes the time to say, yes, you can get this right. Oh, I wish I had a witness. It's time for us to get salvation right. It's time for us to get our relationship with Jesus right. So Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who though one of the twelve was later to betray him. I praise God for the spirit of discernment. And if you pray to God, God will show you that your enemies. If you pray unto Almighty God, God will show you who the enemy is in your life. God will show you, Jason, who cares nothing about you at all. God will show you who's stabbing you in the back. God will show you who has betrayed you at the altar. God will show you who it is you need to stay away from. But what I love about Jesus is that even though Simon Peter was not a good person, the Lord did not destroy him. The Lord did not destroy him. And even though we are worthless sinners, the Lord continues to lift us up from day to day.
It's the Lord that woke you up this morning. It's the Lord who started you on your way. It's the Lord who keeps you breathing. It's the Lord who blesses your family. It's the Lord who blesses your dreams. It's the Lord who blesses your desires. It's the Lord who says yes and says, devil, you have no power over my people. We ought to give all praise and all honor and glory to God. And the ultimate question that we have to answer, will you stay or walk away? The bottom line is this, either you're with me or you're against me. Either you're on the team and you're going to stay for battle or you're going to check out and do your own thing. I've been in ministry 33 years and I can tell you that there's always someone who's going to betray you. There's always someone who's going to leave you on your own. There's always someone who's going to verbally say, oh yes, I want to be a disciple. There's always going to be someone who accepts the assignment, Alex, but will not do it when it comes to the work. I'm so glad that Jesus has delivered me and helped me to see that I have to be accountable for me. And you got to be accountable for you. Will you stay or walk away? Will you stay or walk away? Will you stay or walk away? And every day, some of us walk away. Every day, somebody turns back. Every day, somebody decides it's easier to be a sinner than to be a Christian. And I'm here to tell you today that they don't compare. That there's no other place I'd rather be than being a disciple of Jesus Christ. But why would they reject Jesus? Because the teaching was too difficult. They were rejecting Jesus because he had a standard in place. In our church, we have leadership standards. And when people want to become leaders, we let them know that here are the standards. We want you to study God's word. We want you to come to Bible study. We want you to be in worship. We want you to be a tither or on the road to tithing. We want you to be a positive force in the assembly of God. We want you to be spiritually activated so that you can lift others up. And every now and then, people will say to me, Pastor, I'm not willing to do all of that. I'll just stay in the corner I am. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm going to stay as I am, but the Lord needs somebody who's willing to stand up and take on the tough assignment. The Lord needs somebody, Bishop, who's rather say, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you say. I, I will preach your word. I will tell the truth, and I will lead the people according to your divine plan. I'm tired of people playing church. I'm tired of people saying they love the Lord. I'm tired of people saying they love me and I don't hear from them for one year to another. I'm so tired of people pretending that they, that they have a relationship with the Lord. And so what Jesus was saying is that I don't want any phonies in the camp. And that if you're going to drop out, drop out. But Peter said something interesting, Pastor Joseph. He said, where will we go? Because the bottom line is that at the end of the story, we all have to give an account for ourselves. 
I'm so glad that I don't have to give an account for you. I'm so glad that I only got an answer for me. I'm so glad that my husband answers for himself. I'm so glad that the deacons will answer for themselves. I'm so glad that the praise team will answer for themselves. And what Jesus is saying, this is personal. This is personal. You are the in and out. You are the with me or against me. And the Bible says that you cannot serve two masters, that you will love one and hate the other. And the Bible says you cannot have one foot in the world and another foot in the church. And the Bible says you got to be all in so that you can serve Almighty God. Lord, we have been thinking about it, Peter said. And we have investigated the alternatives. You're not easy to live with. You embarrass us. You frighten us. And we don't understand you at times. I never forget a time when I was bullied. And that was a family that was contributing to the church bishop. And that family wanted me to do some things which were not godly because they wanted some power. And I said to this family, I work for Jesus. And I believe Jesus. So you go on and do what you have to do. And I'm going to go on and do what I have to do in the name of Jesus. And what I learned is, is that you can't let anybody bully you if you work for Jesus. You ought to be able to get a prayer through. You ought to be able to stand up to say, I have a living testimony. And what I'm saying is that when you grow up in the spirit, and when you grow up as a disciple, you can say, no, I am not going to be bullied by you. No, I am not going to be discouraged by you. No, I'm not going to be destroyed by you because I have a Savior, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. We see in here you do things that are simply blow our minds. The other day I was having a conversation with my sister Brenda, and she was asking me about a decision that I made. And I was explaining to her that my decision was based on my relationship with Jesus Christ. So the person thought they made a fool out of me, but I was doing what the Lord told me to do. And so sometimes, Deacon Gino, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes the world thinks that we're a little limited in our intellect. But I'm here to tell you today that I do what God tells me to do. And I answer to the call of God because in the end, I got to an answer to Jesus. So sometimes do you look like a fool? Yes. Sometimes do you look like you don't know what's happening? Yes. Sometimes does it look like you don't know where you're going? Yes. Sometimes does it look like the enemy has gotten a hold of you? Yes. Sometimes do you feel the victory is in the enemy's hand? You got to remember, I work for the Lord. I work for the Lord. And when you know who you work for, you know what benefits you get with the job. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish I had a witness. Yeah, I might look like a fool to you, but in the presence of Jesus Christ, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I may look like I don't know what I'm doing, 
but the Lord has shown me your heart, and I know what the Lord wants me to do. Oh, I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. I may look like a fool to you, but God is saying, come on up a little higher. Come on up a little higher. Secondly, Peter said, well, Lord, we have seen your character. And notice how Peter puts it. We have believed and have come to know. And that implies a process which has perhaps gone over the course of months and years. We have watched you. We have come to you that there is nothing wrong in you. You are the Holy One of God. You are the sinless one. You fit the prophecies. You fulfill predictions. You have drawn us and compelled us. I have found this to be true of real Christians. They tell you the story just like it is. In Christ, we have a love that can never be fathomed, a life that can never die. We did the homegoing celebration yesterday for disciple Jean Baker Smith. And one of the things that caught my attention is that her song was God's grace. Because when we're in life and we're trying to make it, Randolph, we need God's grace. And what the Lord is saying is that I will give you grace and mercy when the world will turn you down. I will give you what you need to move to the next level when the world will tell you that you're worthless. Jesus gives us a peace that can never be understood, a rest that can never be disturbed, a joy that can never be diminished, a hope that can never be disappointed, a light that will never be darkened, a happiness that can never be interrupted. I'm not happy about stuff. I'm happy about Jesus. I'm not happy about stuff I accumulate. I'm happy knowing that the Lord loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Oh, hallelujah. A happiness that can never be interrupted. You might destroy me. You might discriminate against me. You may talk about my skin color. You may say I'm not worth much as a preacher. You may say I'm not worth much as a pastor. But that's all right. I'm working for the master. And as long as I graduate from the Jesus Academy, as long as I please my Lord and Savior, as long as I hear from heaven, I just want to say thank you, Lord. And Jesus gives us a strength that the world does not understand. The best thing that you can do for yourself is get out of the world and come and uh, hang out with people who know the Lord. The best thing you can do for yourself is drop people who don't care about you. The best thing you can do for yourself is get out of abusive relationships. The best thing you can do for yourself is drop some of the unnecessary things that you do so that you can pray and talk to God. A necessary thing to do is to look at your phone and your calendar and say, Lord, you need more time. The best thing that you can do for yourself is rise up early in the morning and go to the word of God and say, Master, what will we do today? I wish I had a witness. It's going to, Peter is saying, I heard what you said, but I'm not clear I understand. And what Peter was doing is that he was being transparent with the Lord. Imagine this. What would happen, Sister Samantha, if all of us just got clean with the Lord? 
What would happen, Brother James, if we would all have a prayer of confession? What would happen if we all looked in the mirror to see what our problems are? What would happen if we looked on our past and we looked at how God delivered us and how he delivered us over and over? Can I get a witness? Anybody been delivered? Anybody know that you're here because of the goodness of the Lord? Anybody know that it was the Lord who kept you? Anybody know that it was the Lord who delivered you? Anybody know that it's the Lord covering your secrets right now? Anybody know that it's the Lord who says, I will have mercy on you because I am the Lord. If you have found Jesus, you have found a blessing for life. And Peter helps us to see one thing. He says, we... By that he means the 12. We have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus corrects that saying, no, Peter, that's wrong. There is one here who does not fit. And in these last two verses, Jesus exposes them. Jesus answered them, did I not choose you? Did I not choose you, Jason? Did I not choose you, Randolph? Did I not choose you, Deborah? Did I not choose you, Tim? Did I not choose you, Jane? Did I not choose you, Al? Did I not choose you, Gina? Did I not choose you, Pastor Joseph? Did I not choose you, Brett Venter? You've been chosen by God. What else do you need to boost your ego? I mean, what else do you need to feel important? What else do you need? And Jesus answered, said, did I not choose you the twelve? And one of you is a devil. And he spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, the one of the twelve. Right now, there is somebody contemplating betrayal in your life. Right now, there is someone who's not happy that you're all right. Right now, there is someone who's contemplating how to bring you down. But I serve a God. I serve a God who will tell you everything you need to know. I serve a God that when you enter into the presence of demonic spirits, that God will say, move to the right. A God will say, move to the left. A God might even say, exit the room altogether. So I'm here today to tell you that there is nobody like my God. There's nobody like my Jesus, and there's nobody who will give you liberating power but our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Alcohol will not deliver you. Sex will not deliver you. Adultery will not deliver you. Drugs will not deliver you. Money will not deliver you. Family will not deliver you. Ancestors will not deliver you. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. And our Lord also gave Judas a trusted position of treasurer within the apostolic band. He gave him the bag to keep from which Judas kept stealing. I want you to know, if you're stealing from the Lord, it's no secret. If you're stealing from the Lord, I, I hear people, Pastor, they still can't figure out 10%. And somebody said to me one time, all we do is talk about tithing. I said, I'm probably the, a church in this county that we talk about tithing very little. We talk about our commitment. But if somebody's going to steal from the Lord, 
Can you trust him with anything? If somebody is going to steal from the Lord, why would you trust them with your life, Deacon Gino? If somebody's going to steal from the Lord, don't you think they're going to steal from you? And Jesus said that all along Judas was a devil. And that is the word he chose, a devil. Always resistant. Always opposed. Always out for himself. Think of anybody? Never in line with what Jesus wanted. Judas stayed with the group. He lived with them, ate with them, slept with them, worked with them. But he was a traitor in the end. So just because people show up, that does not necessarily mean that they're in the game. Just because people show up, it does not mean that they're committed to the principles of Jesus Christ. And just because people show up, it does not mean that they're serious about a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is a hard job. This is a hard job because you got to walk in righteousness. You got to walk in faith. You got to walk the walk and talk the talk. And so what I'm saying to you that with the help of Jesus and Holy Ghost power, you can do it. John tells us that Judas is branded forever as the traitor. How will you be branded if there was only one word to describe you? What would it be? How would the Lord describe you if you would ask for a little feedback every now and then? Every now and then, we ought to get on our knees and say, Lord, show me my weaknesses. Show me my faults, oh God. Show me my errors, oh God. Show me my attitude, oh God. Show me where I need to be cleaned up, oh God. Show me, God, what it is I need to see. And what I've learned is that if I can keep myself in order, then the Lord will take care of everybody else. If I can keep my home in order, the Lord will take care of everybody else. So this is personal. Will you stay? or walk away? Will you stay, or are you going to witness in spite of controversy? Will you stay, or are you going to sleep in on Sunday morning? Will you stay, or are you going to skip Bible study because you're just too busy? Will you stay because the crowd has gone away? Will you stay when you've been left all by yourself? Will you stay when the critics come? Will you stay when Carrie Magazine says you're not worth much? Will you stay when the deacons just look at you? Will you stay when the trustees are going, I'm not doing that anymore? Will you stay when the people around you don't understand you? But Jesus teaches us in this pericope that if you stay, you have an inheritance. I will give you the power pack you need to make it to the next level. If you stay, I will walk with you. I will talk with you. And I will tell you that I, oh, I love you. How I love Jesus. How I love Jesus. So as I wrap up today, I am a living testimony. And I am not going to walk away. I might have to give up some relationships. I might have to cry sometime. I may have to moan sometime. I might have to preach to myself sometime. I might have to pray my way through sometime. I may have to just go to the doctor all by myself. I may have tears sometime. I may cry all night long. 
say that I am not able, I am going to make it through. If Jesus can make it, then I can make it. So will you stay? Or are you going to walk away? And one other thing I want to tell you, stop using other people as your excuse for walking away. Be responsible for your own decision. Stop saying Sudie Mae didn't like me, so I'm going to leave. Stop saying the choir member to my right didn't like me, so I'm gone. Stop saying I'm not going to usher anymore because Mary Jo stared at me. Be accountable for your own life. Be accountable for what God wants you to do. Be accountable for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Be accountable and say, Lord, I'm in 100%. Be accountable and say, yes, Lord, from the bottom of my heart. From the bottom of my heart. From the bottom of my heart. My soul says, yes, Lord. Will you stay? Or will you? walk away i don't know about you but i'm gonna stay i'm going to stay because my blessings are with the lord and i have committed my life to the lord as the praise team comes and right now i'm asking anyone who has walked away to analyze your situation maybe it's time for you to realize that you're living with the enemy Maybe it's time to accept responsibility for your life. And maybe it's time to recommit yourself to the ways of our Lord. In the old church, we used to sing a song that said it's getting late in the evening and the sun's going down. We're living in a world that's getting darker every day. We're living in a world that wants to destroy us. We're living in a world that is so deeply divided that we can't even have conversation with each other. So what I'm saying to you is that your strength is not coming from the world. Your strength comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but every time I call in, I don't have to hold. Every time I call in, they don't tell me your wait's going to be three minutes. Every time I dial up my Jesus, I get an immediate response. So I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. And it's time for us to get serious about our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Only you can answer the question. And you'll probably tell me that you're going to stay because that's what I want to hear. But the bottom line is, if you have walked away, the Lord knows your heart. And the Lord knows how you stand. I love you. I bless your holy name, O Lord. And thank you. I have decided that I'm going to stay. And I will never walk away. I am going to stay. I am never walking away. How about you? I am going to stay. I am never, 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 never going to walk away because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. How shall not walk? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to you. Mm. Uh, 
formed against me shall prosper it won't work no weapon against me shall prosper y'all help me sing yeah oh, weapon www.pgc-carry.org Thank you again.